Hey guys, welcome to the Dad's Garage Cast, the first inaugural episode. This is Ruben Bedina. This is Tom Rittenhouse. This is Ed Morgan. Your nasty boy. The nastiest boy. From your welcome Hollywood. That's We're, right. We got a side gig and it's hosting this thing. That, you got to get rich some way. We are getting paid. <laughs> oh boy. I got fat stacks filling my cheeks like a hamster who loves money. <laughs> got to keep money in your mouth because Bitcoin isn't stable. Can't put... <laughs> Digital stuff in your mouth. <laughs> Tom's just dated the podcast right yep. there. Oh, no. Hey, guys, Bitcoin's at about 15000 a coin. Yeah. This will be evergreen. Yep. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is the brand new podcast from Dad's Garage Theater Company here in Atlanta, Georgia, and we are your shepherds through a cavalcade of audio delights. Let yeah, us guide you. You, you are sheep. our sheep. <laughs> <laughs> you are the thoughtless masses that we will exploit. And you, you might be asking, uh, what is it? Well, it's a bunch of little improvised uh, different bits we've collaborated with a couple really cool uh, uh, groups in town to kind of meld what they do and our improv together and just also some interviews and normal like NPR style because Dad's Garage is a rich tapestry there's so much to this that it's not just jokes it's not just farts it's more there's stories behind those farts you guys yeah how did that fart happen we're gonna go behind the scene what made that fart happen yeah who's Whose fart was that? Who's responsible for this fart? Remove the veils and find out where the fart began. <laughs> so we're going to de- deep, deep dive down into where the farts begin. We're going to Jacques Cousteau this fart. Oh, 20,000 leagues under the fart. <laughs> okay. Journey to the center of a butt. Around the fart in 80 days. <laughs> they, Thanks, Jules Verne. They asked us to host this show. <laughs> and they made a mistake. What a All terrible right. idea. Well, the first, uh, the first segment coming up is uh, story time with Chris Gray. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's right. Chris Gray, great guy, very funny, great storyteller. Great stand-up comedian. Yep. Yeah. Oh, just a man of many boots. Great yes. baby maker. Made a beautiful baby. Beautiful baby. Ooh, just gorgeous. Uh, and he uh, he had a few people tell stories. And, and uh, the one we uh, that, that made it to this podcast is by Hannah S. Leeson. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a story of a first date where, frankly... Hannah should have bailed pretty immediately, but she just kept rolling with it, Han- and it got weirder and weirder. Hannah should be dead by now. So strap in. And strap, strap on. on. <laughs> For uh, the inaugural story time with Chris Gray, and hopefully one of those will not be involved. Bon appetit. Welcome to story time with Chris Gray where I hang out with funny people and we trade true personal stories, all while being underscored by a live musician. All right, here we are, back, uh, at, back at story time Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. with Chris Gray. I'm Chris Gray, and uh, I don't tell any stories. So our next storyteller <laughs> is uh, Hannah Asselisson. Ass Leeson. This ass is for Leeson. This ass is for Leeson. It's not for rent, it's for Leeson. It's for Leeson. You gotta return it. You gotta give it back. That's right. I like it. Yeah, don't put too many miles on it. Did you buy the insurance? Did you buy the insurance? All right. Oh, Hannah, you've, uh, Man, I don't even I don't even want to spoil this, but you you've got a good bad date story. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. It's just like a it was just like a, a life day story, I guess. So it, it came at a time when I was 22, 23, and I got my first job out of college, which was I was like a territory sales manager for Marlboro cigarettes. What? Yeah. Oh. So I used to drive around to like 140 gas stations in southern Minnesota and like give them up to dates on like anything changing in Marlboro, like I knew all about the product <laughs> and like our prices. Hold on, like, like, like you're updating them. Like, hey, we got new filters. Yep. Like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, we got a new product coming out. You ever heard of Marlboro NXT? You're about to. <laughs> and like, had a spiel for everything. Got those filters that you can 
crush up. Yep, yep, we did that. Yeah, major thing. We tried to copy Camel. And so it didn't work out very well for us. But I knew like all the, yeah, the pricing and stuff. But so I moved to this smaller town called Mankato. I didn't know anyone. So I kind of was like living on my own. It was just a a terrible job. But anyway, one day I went to Walgreens and I had this very, um, what I consider to be a beautiful, like out of a movies moment where I was walking down an aisle and I like nicked something at the end of the aisle and I knocked something over on the floor. And I was like, oh, woe is me. And this man came up out of nowhere and he's like, I got it. And he like picked it up and put it on the shelf. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He like picked it up. He's like, don't worry about it. I'm sure it happens all the time. And I was just like, okay. You know, I was like, didn't really know anyone in the town. And he just straight up asked if I wanted to go out. I'm like, yeah, of course. So we went out on like a Friday and, and I got off work and this should have been my first red flag. He called me and he's like, listen, girl. My car broke down. Like, is there any way you could pick me up for our date tonight? I was like, sure. You know, I'm a Minnesotan. I'm naive. I'll pick you up. And I went over to his house and I I drove over there. And there were no cars in sight at his house. So I was like, I don't know where his car went or if it even broken down. But I went up to the door and he's like, yeah, yeah, come in. Come hang for a second. Again, should have said no. I'm an idiot. I was like, why not? I'll just go inside. Like, if you weren't sitting here right now, I would assume the person in the story is about to be murdered. Yeah, that's what what I would say. Like, this is, like, the closest I've ever been, I think, to, like, I should have. Like, it's a perfect murder scenario. I think everyone would have been like, dumb blonde, she asked for it. (laughs) Knocking things over in the Walgreens. Thanks, guys. No, didn't ask for it, but like, there's plenty of signs where I was like, you should have just gone home. So he invited me in and he's like, you want to hang out and watch some MMA? I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) That should have been it. I was like, no, I don't really want to. But he's like, he's like, oh, let me give you a tour of my place. And he's like walking me around. And uh, so he had this massive, like in one of his living room, I remember this moment, it was so weird. He had this massive fish tank in his living room. And he goes, do you want to see something cool? I'm like, sure. And he goes, put your finger on the top of the water and the fish will come up and give you like a fish kiss. I was like, okay. And so I put my finger and the fish didn't do it. And he's like, huh, that's weird. Maybe they're just shy. And he goes, let me try. And then he did it and they didn't do it. And he goes, hey, can you actually leave the room so I can see if they'll do it? <laughs> like, sure. And so I like walked into the kitchen and he like had a quiet moment where I don't know if he's like, they're being weird. You can come back in. They're not going to come back <laughs> This day is going swimmingly. What nice. See what name? I did there? Swimmingly. What is this dude's name? Uh, it was Wes. Wes. <laughs> yeah, Wes. So she, another red flag. <laughs> Sorry to all Wes's out there. Um, and so then he's like kind of giving me a tour. He's talking to me about uh, MMA, about how he doesn't buy cable. He's like, I don't subscribe to cable. I only pay for MMA fights. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> like, okay, Wes, great. And we're getting ready to go. I was like, well, we should probably go to dinner soon. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. But before we go, do you want to see the coolest room in my house? <laughs> oh, no. 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 
We signed a contract first. I know it's up. says that unless it is a room filled with creepy dolls, a train, or a murderer. I remember that moment, too. It was when I did take out my phone and I texted a friend. I was like, here's my address. If you don't hear from me in like 20 minutes, send help. Yeah. And I should have just said no. I've been like, no, I want to go. But I was like, okay. You're in for the story. I'm in for the story. So he walks me to this like back room. The doors, there's like a double door uh, room. They're both closed. And he's like, this is, he's like, you should just know, like, this is my brainchild. This is my baby. You're about to see my life's work. I'm like, Frank in a jar. Dear God. He's like, okay, all right. And he like gets in there. There's this moment where he grabs the double doors and he like, yeah, the double doors. (laughs) And he flings them open and this bright blue, like neon light, like they come beaming down at me. And I'm like, what am I looking at? And when the time, I remember like kind of getting taken back and when my eyes fully register it, there were like, 15 to 20 fish tanks lining the room just illuminated and there's just fish tank after fish tank with different designs and all the fish tanks and there's rocks and there's waiters hanging on the door and I walk in there and he turns and he goes tell me what you think (laughs) I was like what is this and he goes my dream is to design fish tanks for dentist office I didn't like, even know that was a niche. I didn't either, and I was like, wow, all right. And so I like went around, and he proceeds to like walk me through some of the designs. like, And then I made the mistake of going like, where do you get material? And he goes, oh, I just go down to the river and steal the fish out of there. What? <laughs> he was stealing fish from the river, rocks, fish, and like algae. He, he put his waders on and would like... <laughs> take nets and fish out like there was like little like catfish in there little like he had like a big what was it what's a not like a tuna like a maybe like a bluegill you guys keep going a dolphin a blue whale small shark it was a whale for sure but he was like stealing all this stuff which I, I would assume is illegal but like is that just fishing yeah. Yeah. you probably have to have a license yeah but yeah you can't just like but take them back to your home kid. <laughs> I paid for MMA but I steal <laughs> <laughs> it's a very fine moral uh, yeah, yeah. And so, so when you were saying these fish are being weird, like he really knew. No, he was in tune with the fish. Like he I don't know if he had trained them, but this was his life's work. And he was just telling me about all his dreams and then I was like, Okay, we better get out of here. So then we ended up going to dinner and it just kinda became a spiral effect of weird stuff happening one after another. Like he took me to the Love Lounge. <laughs> and the love what, what it's, it's a restaurant where you can pull curtains over your table so no one can see you. And I was like, oh <laughs> I was like that's the one. Yeah. That's the spot. Can I get the address? <laughs> <laughs> I got a date next week. Yeah, and he just, oh, he just was just so many red flags because I was kind of just more fascinated by this person now. So I was like just kind of watching him and listening. And the waiter, it was late. It was like 9.30 at this point. And the waiter came by and he's like, listen, we're going to have one eggplant and we're going to split it. And I looked at him. <laughs> and I was like, You're like, I don't even want it. I was like, I, no, I want my own meal. But he looked at me 
and I'll never forget it. He wait. He like orders it from the waiter. And he looks at me. and He goes, "Don't worry, honey. You're just worried because of the word eggplant." And I'm like, "What?" Back? I know. And he was like very patronizing. But he was like, "You're just scared because of eggplant." And I was like, "No, I just want a meal. That's not a weird veggie." You're him. I don't feel like I want anything from the love lounge. Honestly, like, don't eat anything ever. Yeah, and then. And then I ended up finding out that he was 38. Should have been another red flag. He was much older than I was. I thought he was much younger. He's great genes. <laughs> and uh, he ordered me a beer when I was in the bathroom to be courteous. And then drank it when I went to the bathroom the second time. <laughs> so let's just say we've been dating now for about seven years. I've never been happier. Oh, what a great story. <laughs> <laughs> what a spicy story. What a natural reaction. Whatever we just listened to, it was great. Oh, let's keep this ball rolling. Yeah. Guys. I think we should. That you was, know what they say about a still ball? It gathers so much moss. Yeah. And you don't want moss. Nope, not this time. This time you want some improv fuckarounds. So in this arid comedy landscape, we're going to brush the moss off with a little bit of what Dad's Garage does best, and some say worst, improvisational comedy. Oh, stop! All right. (laughs) If you were like, what's going to come next? More improv? Yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. So Uh, we have an improvised uh, sketch coming up here mm -hmm. uh, that is in collaboration with our friends at the Atlanta Radio Theater Company. Right? That's right. Yeah, they're great. They yep. came in and helped us learn how to improvise on a microphone, mm-hmm. uh, and now we are going to hear the fruits of their many labors. Hi, you're listening to Shore to Shore FM. I'm your host, Matt Horgan, and we've got a great show here. We've been digging into the um, lost orbs of South America. These have originated in South America, of course, but they've been lost. They're not there anymore. They've been scattered around the world, and we've been seeing sightings. We've been hearing stories. Um, Apparently, there's a research facility in Nevada that has one of the orbs and is um, harnessing it for some experiments. Um, So, callers, what do you know? Tell me what's good. And we've got our first caller here. Okay, great. Uh, You're on the air. This is uh, Shore to Shore FM. Hi, hi, Matt. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Uh Hey, my I'm Jake. Uh, Go ahead, Jake. I, I, I'm just calling in because you you're talking about those lost orbs, yeah. and I seriously think that there might be one like under my house. Okay. I what makes like, you think that? Crazy stuff is happening, man. Like, like what kind of stuff? Oh my god, my girlfriend she moved out, and um, okay. she said it was because like I didn't have a job, but I feel like it, it was the orb talking and. And that's all the time we have for that caller. Um, that's for sure not orb-related. So um, we're just going to keep rolling through the calls here. And next here, hi, you're on Shore to Shore FM. Uh, yeah, hi, hi, I'm, 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 on, I'm on the air now? Yeah, hi, okay, you're on okay, the air. Okay, okay. Uh, hi, this is, this is Michael. Uh, I, I think I have one of the orbs in my possession. And oh, I, wow. I, um, I'm not looking for confirmation. I just want to know, okay. what should I do with it? Um, yeah, great question. Um, as far as my research shows, the different orbs will have different powers depending on what color they are. So are you, are you holding the orb now? Uh, 
yeah, yeah, I'm holding the orb right now. It's on my lap. It's, uh, it's pink, and it's got three holes in it about the right size for my fingers. Okay, and um, does it do anything when you touch it? Does it uh, shimmer or... It, I mean, it rolls... I guess if I put it on the ground. Okay. Um, it's got a what looks like the number twelve on it. Okay, uh, we had to lose that collar. That's for sure a bowling ball. So um, next up here, we've got a next collar. You're on Shore to Shore. Hey, FM. Matt. Hi. Oh my God, Rachel, I got him. Hey. Hi. Who um, Who is this? This is Tina. Hi, Tina. I listen to you all the time, and I just got back from South America, and we picked up a lot of cocaine. Okay, and we're, we're talking about the orbs. Of it, I know. There was, like, okay. this really weird ball that, like, we couldn't crack up. And now, like, we're seeing all kinds of fucking weird shit. Tina, huh. Tina. Tell him how cute I think it is. Rachel thinks you're really cute, but listen, we're afraid to snort this orb up our nose because we're worried that, like, we'll be embodied by an old witch or something. Um, yeah, great. This is interesting. I'd love to continue this conversation over drinks. What city are you in? Oh, my God. We're in Albuquerque. Cool. I'll be there in four hours. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Now, listen, are you a cocaine guy or are you more like Molly? Um, you know what? We'll, we'll pick up this conversation. That's all the time we have I'll today. I'll ghost you later. Ghost you later. This has been Shore to Shore FM with your host, Matt Horgan. Whoa, that was spooky. Yes. I know. God. The part with the ghost? There's no ghost. Uh, I thought it was a ghost. Yeah. Maybe I just misread. We all have a ghost inside us. That's right. Minds. Yeah. If you play it backwards, you can hear the ghost talking. Mm-hmm. Your mind is the ghost of your body. Mm. Uh, well, speaking of spirits, <laughs> oh, John Carr. <laughs> John Carr is a real spirited person around here at Dad's Garage. Tom and is the master of segues. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he did an interview with um, with the Epic Briefs podcast. That's right, with the Epic Brief pod, Ep- and Epic Briefs podcast the great thing about epic briefs they're so cool they they've come in and done a few interviews with people from dads for their podcast and my favorite thing about them is how ludicrously detailed their research into our completely unfamous Mm -hmm. (laughs) lives is which which terrifies me at some point during this interview they will like bring up something john did when he was 15 Mm -hmm. in in high school or something i guarantee you someone needs to care about us and epic briefs does well if we maybe cared about ourselves first, Tom. Wow, that's where it starts, huh, Take Ruben? a bath. Everybody yeah. out and there. And others see your value yeah. and care for Do you. a little self-care. Take a bath. Nice, yeah, guys. This isn't really a segment on the show, but it's just a moment. Get yeah. a bath bomb, put on some candles, get some essential oils. And you should definitely, while you're in there, mm-hmm. just slam a couple of cocktails. Oh, nice. Yeah, get drunk slam? in a bath. Yeah. yeah. Fall asleep. Yeah. Sink under the water and wake up in cold water. <laughs> That's what wakes you up. Refreshing. It's a full. It's a Japanese full cycle bath. Well, enjoy the cold bath that is John Carr. Hey guys, we're sitting here with John Carr of Dad's Garage. John, how have you been? I'm great. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. This is exciting to talk to you about everything you do here, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I do so many things. The umbrella, right, of responsibilities. <laughs> Uh, I'm Claudius. I'm Jamie. And, and Chris. Yes. All right, cool. So we're just going to start with like some basic questions and get into some super interesting stuff and then some good. random questions. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so where are, you, where are you from originally, John? I am born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. How was it growing up there for you? Uh, weird. Uh, <laughs> was it really? It was because, all right, so here's here's how I always describe my childhood. I was um, homeschooled by traveling Christian clowns. Oh. And so, um, yeah, so I grew up a homeschooler in L.A. Okay. And um, it, was, it was a really weird experience to be like in the midst of like 90s hip hop and Tupac oh, and yeah. Compton and all that stuff. And a nerdy homeschooler. So. <laughs> that is true, though. Yeah. yeah, you're right about that. Wow. I, yeah. I'm just beside the point of the uh, Christian clowns. That's the <laughs> part that <laughs> <I'm>, uh, <laughs> Intriguing. <laughs> I guess we'll talk more about the Christian clowns a bit later. But um, how, like, as a kid, were you into pretend and re- reenacting some favorite scenes from your favorite movies and oh, yeah. cartoons and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, I was definitely a performer, like, really? my entire cool. life. Like, it, And it's it's a weird thing to say because I never really got into acting got uh, so much. But, like, because... Like, like my parents and my family, we had a traveling clown puppetry and magic show that right. we went and did around the country and show. So part of that was that like my brother and I got to write the puppet skits and we oh, got to write cool. some of the stuff, um, put the, the sketches together and that sort of thing. So like from a from my childhood, like yeah. we've all been like writing and creating as a family and that's awesome um, and loving comedy and performance. Yeah, it's probably really exciting to be a part of a, a creator's family. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. like sometimes people kind of get uh, their family want them to be like boring things, like accountants. <laughs> and, no, no, you know, stuff exactly. Like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, do you also, did you also like perform with, in the clown group? Did you like do the oh, puppetry yeah. and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, so I, I did the puppets. I did a lot of the puppets. Um, and then, um, we did like costume characters and that sort of thing. Nice. Um, and so like at first, cause like my, and my parents did all the clowning stuff. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it was, that was the weird line for us where it was just like, <laughs> we can do puppets and we can do magic, but clowns, that's for nerds. <laughs> that's where we draw the line. We are cool homeschoolers. So. <laughs> so, like, was being in the entertainment industry, like, always a thing you wanted to do? Or, like, well, or, like it, it was interesting because I never thought of myself as, like, being in the entertainment industry. Okay. In, like, a traditional sense. Especially growing right. up in L.A. Like, that's a very specific thing of being in the entertainment industry. Like, yeah, definitely. And so. so, like, I would... So, you know, being in high school and, like... A kid around there. There's always like your friend who mm-hmm. like guest starred on Saved by the Bell okay. this one time, and that's the thing that he rides on for like his entire high school career. So there's always like that person or someone's cousins Got with it. the rock or something, and they're like uh, I don't know, and they're like yeah, it's true. Uh, so there's a lot of that, and there's a lot of posturing and that sort of thing. And so for me growing up, I've always been like uh, a different kid. So okay. like the number one thing I didn't want to do was do the thing that everybody else was doing. I wanted yeah, to find those of kind of things that were different, in which which like the the clowning and puppetry and all that kind of stuff Definitely. was very much on that same right. route, and so it created a, a environment where like it was fun, it was cool because yeah. like traditional like child acting out in L.A. was just like it was a nightmare of a show, of right. just like competitive and backstabbing and stuff like that. I don't <laughs> want any of that. I want to do the fun stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so that's that's the kind of the stuff that I was drawn to, just doing fun stuff. That's cool. Yeah, I'm guessing that's. I was going to ask you like how you found your way in the world of improv. I'm guessing that's kind of what led you that well, way too. Well, it, it was weird because I I hadn't really known that much about improv in L.A. Okay. And my parents, like right after I graduated from college and my brother's senior year in high school moved us out to Atlanta. Okay. And we were angry. Like, we were so <laughs> mad at them. And um, we had the hardest time, like, 
fitting in right out here. Yeah. And we had like, because, you know, we traveled all over the country. And so, yeah. like, we were good at, like, making new friends. But right. for whatever reason, Atlanta was the one place we could not make new friends. Oh, wow. And then my parents were like, we're moving there. And like, great. The one place in the country <laughs> no one likes us. Uh, so, Which uh, is weird because Christian clowns in the Bible Belt. You yeah, yeah. think that y'all fit right in. <laughs> you think we'd be like, just, yeah, just the coolest guys in the block. Like, who wants to see my puppets? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, it didn't, like, it didn't work out that way. So Aww. what happened was um, we ended up, me and my brother, just because we had no one to hang out with, we would yeah. just spend all of our time either at Dad's Garage or at the Center for Puppetry Arts. That's so cool. And that's just what we did for like every week for a year. Yeah. And eventually my brother started working at the Center for Puppetry Arts. Okay. And then I started taking classes here at Dad's. Awesome. And, so, and wow. we've just been doing those things ever since. Wow. Yeah. Like deep history. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's so impressive. <laughs> wow. Um, so did you get to design any of the puppets? My, my brother actually was more of the designer and I like okay. to do more of the like putting the sketches together Got and it. like actual puppetry. We both did the puppetry really well, but like That's he awesome. was more like the nuts and bolts, like the sit in the garage and like yeah. fiddle with things. And I was more of the person that liked to like write out like the most ridiculous sketches. <laughs> I could. Nice. Um, and so yeah, so that's kind of how we did that. So, can, you, can you like tell us about one of your first ones as a kid that you wrote, oh, or you don't remember? Man, <laughs> here's so here's the thing. Uh, so yeah, there. I'm I'm now I'm, I'm actually trying to think back to some of our our weird ones. It was lots of like. Um, uh, <laughs> like uh, using found objects for, oh. as puppets as, as well. So like, okay, there's like the the talking offering bucket. Who explained <laughs> to you about giving to the church? That's really cool. <laughs> How nice. fun it can be. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so there's lots of that, and then yeah. there's always the there's always they love the uh the Christian parody songs. Okay. So like that yeah. was always like a big hit where we take like the Cheers theme and like oh, it was like sometimes right. you wanna go to heaven. And like, so, <laughs> so like it's it's a lot of those songs that we that nice. we like put like little puppet routines to that's really that cool. sort of thing. That sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, there there are still some like classic like eighties and nineties songs that I like. I only know the Christian version. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> Is, is there like any video or audio anywhere? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is. Oh, cool. I've worked very hard to destroy it all. So <laughs> I'm sure I missed something. I know. Right? <laughs> um, do you have any like direct influences to help to help you craft your style of improvising and in, in your personality? Yeah, I, it's interesting for me. I feel like. I learned a lot of like what my comedy sensibility is okay. uh, actually at Dad's Garage. Oh wow! So like, Sweet. so there are definitely like those kind of like famous people that I've like looked mm-hmm. at and admire. But like, if you're looking at like, if you look at me doing improv and like actually performing, like it, I take a lot of specific things from mm-hmm. like the performers that I've seen. Okay, um, where yeah. like uh, Amber Nash is one of those people that like, yeah. um, she, I've taken a lot of like what some of my stylistic things are from her. That's and, awesome. Like, and Christian yeah. Danley and a couple other folks that I'm just like, that I've, I've kind of incorporated into it. Yeah. Like, yeah. What I do. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm sure they do that with you too. You guys yeah. have a big family here. So yeah. It, it is. It is. And I mean, it's also crazy because like, it's a, it's a weirdly like multi-generational theater. Yeah. Because like, yeah. they're the, they're the founders guys. Who, right. Like, the next generation like took a lot of their stuff from the founders and the next generation took a lot of them. Yeah. And so like, we're all on these kind of like generation. We're looking up to the next group of people that have yeah. helped us get there where we are that's so, so cool like i love the vibe here it's also yeah. like kind of like a like a homely kind of <laughs> right. vibe so absolutely cool. <laughs> yeah yeah this is our second home for sure Sweet. good um so okay so we've already pretty much established that you've been on stage in some form or fashion mm-hmm. since you were a child so we're gonna change this up what is it like or what was it like when you were on stage for the first time as a child versus when you're an adult 
Ah, uh, I it it's interesting. I think as a child, there it was. I weirdly say that there's a. It was. I didn't care. Like that's the thing. <laughs> like I didn't care. Like right. it was. It was such a. It was a family thing. So mm-hmm. like, I was there with my parents and family, and I was making. We were all working to like make each other laugh at a certain right. point. Yeah. Um. And it was all. It was all very broad humor. Like <laughs> really. Like some of the worst types of jokes <laughs> that she could tell Amazing. so it was just it was just easy lots of dumb puns okay. uh, dad I, jokes yeah lots, lots yeah. of dad jokes yes yes those are my favorite yes she <laughs> loves dad jokes yeah. were, it was pretty much exclusively dad jokes uh uh and then coming on stage now it's been um it's been really interesting because there's this whole new level of like a um wanting to do a good job because like i love right. this place and i want to do it but also like i've been doing comedy for a while now, right. so it's also that idea of like what are some new challenges and new aspects and being smarter with my comedy mm-hmm. that it's not just about you know it's not just about doing the comedy and making someone laugh but like why are they laughing are yeah. they laughing at the right thing are they laughing appropriately like is this the thing that i want to put forward in right. what i'm doing yeah. and so that's kind of been the the newest challenge okay. for me yeah yeah nice uh what is the best part of improv for you uh, the best part of improv is um, just the fact that I can let go. It's the idea, like somebody was said that uh, like the number one fear in America is like public speaking. Yeah. And this is public speaking. Also, you don't know what you're going to say. So, <laughs> like, true, yeah. so I always say like there's got to be something a little bit wrong with you to be doing improv. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's this thing of like I'm literally throwing myself into the number one fear in America. Yeah. And the only thing that I have to support me is the people that are standing next to me. That's and funny. I think that's my favorite part of improv is the fact that I'm going into this and the thing that gives me comfort is that no matter what I do, the people next to me are going to support me yeah, and we're going to work together to make it a good thing. And right. we're going to do this super well or we'll, we're going to bomb terribly. <laughs> <laughs> and either way, we'll laugh about it tomorrow over drinks, you know? Do you get like a weird sense of freedom from that though? Oh like, yeah, absolutely. Okay. This yeah. is, this is, it's definitely my therapy. It's definitely like, I want to get out all the things I want to get out. Yeah. It's like, uh, rambling. I'm, I'm, that was part of the like big transition for me was like, at once I had become an adult, I had, you know, was running a, a Christian program and all that oh. kind of stuff, working with kids, and yeah. it was great. But it was at the same time, it was kind of like, I'm a single guy working with kids, so I have to be very careful about where I am and what I'm doing, and right. like be very self aware at That's all true. times. Yeah. And so this was my one time to just let everything loose. Like I didn't have to worry about yeah. what I was saying or what I was doing. That mm-hmm. I was just gonna say whatever came to my mind and right. let it out. And it was a, it was a wonderful like therapy thing for me. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. So the flip side, what's the toughest part of improv for you? Um, the toughest part of improv is there's always a 10 second moment right before I hit the stage where it dawns on me what I'm doing. <laughs> so I'm like, this is a terrible idea. Why did I think this is going to work? I might have nothing funny to say. <laughs> and I'm about to stand in front of 200 people yeah. and say things. So, um, so, so there's always that like really intense fear that mm-hmm. like I just kind of. Uh, gets up in me at the, right before I go up, and um, and I have to like push through that, and it's uh, it's always just this nerve wracking thing, but it always works out. Yeah, uh, it's oh. always yeah, a fun show. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say it's probably also a little bit where you have to 
because you don't know what the next person's gonna, or the person before you is going to say, and exactly. you know you have to play off that. So yeah. it's, it's that whole: if I say something that doesn't work, mm-hmm. they have to play off of it and get it to work. Yeah, the same thing for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you exactly. have to put a lot of trust with your family. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Good. Um, you have degrees in business administration and marketing, yes. and uh, the marketing director at Dad's Garage. Mm-hmm. How do you incorporate? Like, what is your day to day job as oh. marketing director? Well, so that's a, it's an interesting question. So, like, so for me, it, it changes with everything because okay. all of our shows are so weird. And <laughs> what do you mean, wicked? Yeah, it's just <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great show. But like, so for me, it's kind of that idea of. Um, we're we're still a nonprofit theater, so it's not like yeah. I can just like buy commercial time and yeah, put yeah. it out there on the air. Like we don't have that kind of money, so it's yeah, a lot of like, true. all right, I have to be creative. I have mm-hmm. to like figure out what the show is, and then figure out who are the people that want to see the show, and then find as many different ways to reach those people. Yeah, and it can be through like social media, but then it could mm-hmm. be like going to events and partnering, and yeah, you know, and it's giving me a great opportunity to meet new people right. and like yeah. really connect with other organizations mm-hmm. and even learn about some of the great things that like happen in Atlanta. Like I learned about the four five hundred and first uh through the Wicked yes. program. And the five hundred first oh, is a nonprofit organization where it's just a bunch of people who dress up like stormtroopers oh, really? and yep. show up to things. Yeah. yeah. Cool. They've also expanded to uh Jedi and all sorts what? of other things. Yeah. And, and and the five oh first is actually um based off of a George Lucas uh, story nice. and the 501st like the, is like the elite of the stormtroopers okay got and it. so it's kind of like branched out and so it's a huge group of costumers that are across the country and they do all sorts of charitable work and things That's like awesome. that yeah. so it's really yeah. cool yeah so it's like it's finding like identifying those people and mm-hmm. going up and like hey we've got a show let's right. do something together yeah and figuring yeah. out what that is That's awesome. yeah do, do you find that like you uh make more of an impact when you meet people in person rather than like a social media type promo thing oh yeah i mean absolutely i think I think that's one of the things I always feel like um, selling dads, being the marketing director, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm selling dad's garage. Right. And selling yeah. dad's garage is like selling crack. Like, it's just like, it's <laughs> not, I don't have, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> if you try it, you'll <laughs> yeah. be addicted. So right. all my, my job is to get you in the door. Yeah, if I can so get true. you in the door, you're, you're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, so that's, that's, cool. that's kind of how I approach it. Yeah. <laughs> Clever. There's a new slogan. Dad's garage, just like crack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think one of the funniest things we were at a, uh, a like a nonprofit event, and so we we're talking about like what our slogan is, and mm-hmm. our slogan is literally like when we're talking to nonprofit organizations yeah. and, and like the arts uh, community, mm-hmm. we're like we're the gateway drug to the arts. So we are we are the weed of the arts. So, <laughs> so like you might not be an arts person, but you'll come to a Wicked, you'll come to a Star Wars yeah. show, and you're like oh man, I just sat through a musical and I liked it. I know. Maybe yeah. I should try some other musicals. That's so, so true. Yeah. 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 Um, as an instructor, and uh, sorry, instructor, what are some of the skills and lessons you believe are super important for your improv students to take with them? Um, it's the idea of letting. It's it's weird saying it, but like it's the idea of letting go of being funny. Like I think oh. the one, number one thing that people come into, where well, there are a couple of things. Like number one, they're always like, "Oh man, I I want to get faster on my feet and mm-hmm. you know think faster and all that kind of stuff." And I'm like, "I I can't make you think faster. Like right. I don't have the science <laughs> to do that." <laughs> but, but it's the crack of the <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah. Like, uh, but what I can do is it's this idea of we have all these like. Um, filters that we have. You know, I think of a funny thing to say, mm-hmm. and then my first thing is like, all right, I'm at work. Is this appropriate for work? All right, yeah. the people around me, all right, are they going to understand this joke? And and you and you run your funny thought through all these social filters until it comes out. And by the right. time it comes out, it's a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. And it's also taking you forever. And it feels like you've worked so hard on this one <laughs> funny thought. So and so 
what we're doing in improv is we're taking away that filter mm-hmm. and we're letting you know that, hey, you know what? If you just say the thing you're thinking, it's not terrible. Right. Like, you're always worried. Like, if I just say stuff off the tap, I'll be like, man, I love to stab a baby. Like, you're like, that's, like <laughs> that's what we're all worried we're going to say. But it's like, if you just like let yourself go and realize, oh man, those aren't the things that come out of my mouth. Like, they're actually kind of interesting <laughs> yeah. and funny. Like, my first thought is cool. Um, and so that's what we're teaching. So it feels like you're like thinking faster and faster on your feet. No, you're just trusting yourself. Right. And that's that's really what it is. And it's the idea of trying to be funny is just you having a thought and being like, mm-hmm. oh, let me work this thought so it's funny and everybody will laugh and they'll think I'm a really cool guy. Yeah. And, it's like, <laughs> and it's the idea of like, no, don't do all that because by the time you get through it, you A, stop the listening because right. you're in your head thinking about the joke and B, um, it's probably not going to be as funny as you think it is. Yeah. So it's right. the idea of like, again, just say the first thing that comes out of your mouth and the, somebody will react to that and that reaction, right. that honest, true reaction was going to be way funnier yeah. than anything you could have like crafted. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever had a nightmarish student that just wasn't participating or working well with others? Think uh, Michael Scott in the office. When doing <laughs> I've got a gun. Everybody's got a gun. I so I so that I had, there's there's two versions of this. Uh, oh, okay. So I had one who I would even consider a, a nightmarish student. Like I really like this guy, but we were having we we I just remember specifically this scene where he was like it was like a, a girlfriend and boyfriend. And he was being a terrible boyfriend and so she was like gonna leave leave and so i was so he like he had this one last chance to get her back so in the scene he was just supposed to go and tell her something that like get her back yeah and so he uh he said something like come on i'll give you money (laughs) (laughs) all right all right i I see what you're doing there uh but like i want you to have like some sort of sincere like just the end of that movie like you know that that romantic comedy i want you to say something sincere from Mm -hmm. your heart so like come on I love you, baby. <laughs> and like we went for twenty minutes, and oh him just God. trying to have like some sort of real emotion yeah. expressed to it, oh and he God. finally, and he like he finally did it. And it's funny because like that was like last year, oh, wow. and I, like he still hangs around and stuff. And he was telling, he was telling, uh, we're with a group of people and telling that story, yeah, um, again of just like like how John Carr made him feel for the first time. And so I was like, <laughs> nice. like, that's great. That's always like it's always great to like when somebody is having such a hard time yeah. with something or feel like they can't do something or. Like you're just being pushing them to like mm-hmm. make do something they didn't think they were capable of. Then there's the other version of that, which is a terrible person, <laughs> which is the person who like who uh, doesn't quite understand that other people are there right. or how <laughs> other things work. So like when you have a you're doing an improv scene with a person who is also who is a, a Middle Eastern person, mm-hmm. and you go like, oh, well, look at that terrorist over there. All right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're just like, whoa, well, yeah. all right, so that's not a joke. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> you're just uh, profiling a person. So you get you. <laughs> so you you'll get those people that are just like, oh, your you your height of comedy was like 1985. Right. So it's just yeah. like, oh, this lady can't drive. Am I right? It's like, wait, what? <laughs> you're just listing stereotypes yeah, that's now. So true. <laughs> now you're just being offensive. <laughs> exactly, for no reason. Yeah, so there's oh always gosh. that student that comes around every okay. once in a while. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, could you tell us a little bit about Dark Side of the Room and your involvement in that? Yeah, so uh, Dark Side of the Room is an improv uh, group that I work with at Dad's, and it's all made up of um, a bunch of the African-American improvisers here at Dad's. And the basic format is that we'll take a popular movie like uh, Star Wars or mm-hmm. E.T. or something like that, our Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and then we'll improvise a long-form set about what all the black people were doing while that movie was happening. <laughs> 
amazing. So, it, it, I mean, it just comes from the idea that, like, when you think about like all those classic movies, there's like a black guys, like, like these Ferris Bueller's Day Off is in Chicago, and there's like one group of dancing black guys through the entire movie. Like, what oh, were they so all true. doing? Yeah. So, so, so like, true. so we improvised like what uh, what they were doing, and so. Uh, we do that format here at Dad's, and then we have like a, a whole like ninety minute show that like involves wow. a lot of other awesome. elements as well. So Sweet. how did that like come to be? Um, it was it was uh, originally Chris Gray, um, who's another improviser here. It's his idea, but it came to be just because there's a moment in which we realized like I, there was a there was a while that I was like the only African American um, improviser at Dad's. Okay, huh. um, and so Kevin Gleese came on and like really made an effort to like diversify mm-hmm. like. Our, our cast and all that kind of stuff yeah. and there was a moment where I looked around like oh man there's enough black people to just <laughs> do our own weird improv format yeah. and so we tried it and it really worked and cool. it uh, was really cool and it's a uh, and it's been cool because it's allowed us to do a lot of stuff. We've gotten to yeah. travel with it. We're working on projects with the uh, Civil and Human um, Rights Museum that's in town. Cool. And like getting to do a lot of cool stuff with that. That's so. awesome. Cool. Nice. Yeah. So um, what was your inspiration for United, United America? Oh, my gosh. I can't talk now. Chris, you're rubbing off. <laughs> United Atlanta improv. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, you did some research. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, uh, so the basic idea of that um, was that um, – at a certain point, like I had done some work at a few theaters, but like there's a lot of theaters that are like other improv theaters in Atlanta that I hadn't really worked with or done mm-hmm. much with. Yeah. Um, and so it was always kind of this weird thing of like, I would wonder if we could like just do something with all the theaters. Right. Like, could we get together and do something? And it was, it was a funny thing because I was just a performer at Dad's. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have any like title or anything like that. So it was this project that i like talked to other people that i knew that were influential in town about like why a why hasn't this happened and b right. could something like this work yeah and everyone was like oh no it won't work no like oh, <laughs> why has it happened yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah it won't work uh because like certain theaters just won't work with other theaters like yeah. mm-hmm. it it just won't happen and um i remember specifically uh there it was told to me about a theater called whole world theater mm-hmm. and they're like oh yeah they won't work with you like yeah. that's not going to be a thing that happened and so i was like well i'll Try like yeah. what's the worst thing? Exactly. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I remember I called uh, uh, Chip, who's the artistic director over at, um, and I called him out of the blue, like cold called him, and and so I was like, "Hey, I'm John Carr, I'm yeah. with Dad's Garage, and I have this idea." And he's like, "Oh, I know you." And I'm like, "I'm like, I have this idea. Would you guys be interested?" And he's like, "Yeah, hundred percent. Wow. Just let us know when we're gonna do it." I'm like, "Oh, well, That's this amazing. could this could this could actually work." <laughs> and awesome. yeah, and so you're like, but they told me you were a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, you're really nice. <laughs> and so it was so it was a cool experience where basically the whole concept was we got all the theaters together i had uh each theater picked like their own like whoever they want to send is like their two improv representatives cool. and we did this big improv jam and we had uh-huh. at the plaza theater we had like 300 people come out and fill yeah. it out That's and it was awesome. yeah it was a real cool opportunity to get just everybody in the same room yeah. everybody hanging out and getting yeah. to build those relationships and as a result of that we've seen a lot of like a lot of partnerships that have mm-hmm. built up f- because people actually got in the same room and actually started talking to each other and we've seen a lot of shows and other things that have spun off off of that just because um once people started talking and like actually meeting each other and like seeing that like oh man this guy from this other theater is really good and mm-hmm. this guy from this other theater is really good and like once that started happening people started wanting to work more and more together and I uh, definitely feel like it's it's uh, helped the whole community as a whole. 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's progress. Um, okay, so we have like, I guess we're going to ask maybe one quick fire question each since we've taken up a lot of your time for today. Um, I guess I'm going to go first. Who's your favorite comedian? Ooh, my favorite comedian, I would have to say, is. Um, oh, man, this is a tough one. I'm going through all of them in my head. Okay. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say uh, uh, Eddie Murphy. Like, nice. old school Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Is probably my f- favorite. No, darn it. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Okay. <laughs> Chris Rock. Yeah. 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 Chris Rock is is my favorite. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Great choice. Uh, favorite Atlanta go to restaurant? Oh, Manuel's Tavern. Oh, that's, okay. That's I haven't heard that one yeah. yet. He's quick on that one. Uh, what superpower would you choose to have? Uh, I would have the ability to fly. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fly. That that's wouldn't fun. work for me. I'm scared of heights. Like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> but this is great talking to you. Thank yeah. you for taking yes. time out to absolutely. talk to us. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, John yeah. Carr, everyone. Thank Yay. you. <laughs> cool. cool. Right. Thank you. Oh, man, guys, I feel too intimate with John Carr now, as if we dated and it ended poorly. It's we- like I've been inside his brain. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the nice way to put it. Mm-hmm. We've all been intimate with John Carr yeah. in our own way. Mm-hmm. And now you have, too. Thank you. Yeah, we're in a big polyamory relationship with John Carr all of a sudden. And speaking of relationships. Nice, oh, Ed. Nice, Ed. Talk about our next segment, you great. guys. Oh, man, I teed it up and you hit a homer. Yeah. Now, you see, Dad's Garage, this isn't the only podcast that comes out of Dad's Garage. There's a couple more. Shut your <laughs> I will, Tom. I will. <laughs> uh, we're improvisers. We come up with stuff on the spot. <laughs> There's, of course, You're Welcome Hollywood, which is our podcast. Uh-huh. And, of course, everybody of course. here knows about that of already. Course. But uh, there's also Who's Your Daddy, which is a wonderful improvised podcast about uh, a single mom and her son trying to find them a new dad. Yep. Yep. It has uh, Hannah Asluson, who you guys heard earlier in the Chris Gray uh, interview. And Jenny Wentling. Who is very funny, very talented. Yeah. Improviser here, Young Travis. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're going to give you guys a little advice. Yep. Uh, From a mommy and sonny. So uh, strap in and prepare to not actually take anything they say seriously. Drop your ego. And and who's your daddy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't do anything here anymore. Well, I'll keep it as appropriate as it needs to be because... Sometimes to impress a girl, you gotta be a little inappropriate. All right. You gotta show her that you got the goods. Oh, boy. Roll up on your wheeled transportation of choice. I, for one, choose a Razor scooter. All right. I support blades and I support a skateboard if you got it. Roll up, grab your dick, and ask her what's up, bitch. Oh, my God, Travis. This is. Is this the way it's gonna go? I'm just giving truth. You're giving truth? Absolutely Just like our good Lord and Savior did. He does give a lot of truth, but I don't feel like you're living up to it with this dick talk. (laughs) Listen, podcast listeners, my son does not grab his genitals in front of ladies. Yes, I do. I've seen you. You're very sweet. Last time, what was her name? Brittany? Uh, Yeah. You wrote her a poem. Why don't you talk about the poems? Yeah, after I grinded on that booty. (laughs) Travis Beanstalk, you did not grind on any booty. Oh, uh, you don't know what happens in the park after dark. Oh my God, Travis! <laughs> I listen. We did you sneak out after we watched? Of course, I to, did. After after we snuggled and watched How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, you left the oh, house. Oh, I hate Kate Hudson. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Who hates Kate Hudson? Everyone. That's Goldie Hawn's daughter. That's a double whammy. Who's that? Some old chick? 
She's a hey. she is a landmark in the film industry. Okay, whatever. Anyway, anyway, I, I, that was solid advice to um to to bubble wrap too. Listen to all of it. You know, yeah, sure. Get your wheels and get out there. Please don't. If you have a dick, don't whip it out at anyone. That would be best. Uh, do what you want. I got a question, Mom. All right. It was sent in by uh, Broadway Girl 37. All right. My best friend wants to be a singer, and she's really good. I'm afraid that when we grow up, she might become famous and not remember me. What do I do? Wow. What a predicament. How? Here's the thing I wish I knew going into this question. How good of a singer is your friend? The question says that she's really good. All right, here's what I would do. Yeah. I would sit her down for maybe just like a cup of tea, and then I would tell her that she's probably not that good, get in her mind a little bit, and then, you know, keep her humble and see what her work ethic does. And if she rises to the occasion and ends up being really good, then I'd be like, hey, who was the one that brought you to the top? And then I'd probably ask to be her manager. Wow, Mom, that was really freaking malicious no it's not because in the end i think you're you're playing like cruel intentions mind games over here no i think i'm just trying to propel her into further motion wow like how i would handle the situation i go up grab my dick oh travis give it a rest listen if she you know what maybe you're right maybe i'm being a bit malicious if she's really good just support her you know, they always forget the little guy, but at least your conscience will be clean when you go to heaven. If you're going to heaven. She'll, she is, if she's kind enough. If you can watch a butterfly grow from its cocoon. Then you can go to heaven? Like, where's yeah. the logic in that? I just mean that, like, if she lets her friend blossom and she's happy for her, that's the ultimate sacrifice. Because you're unhappy in the end, but you're not letting it show. And you're supporting your friend. All right. That's called being a true support system. But only after you knock her down a notch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, you heard it from that woman right there. My mom. She hates women. All right, Travis. I don't hate women. I just think uh, we're She just thinks you need to compete over the attention of men. Um, it doesn't hurt. But no, I don't. I just think. I just think that no. I I I totally want all women to be empowered, and uh, I'm trying to teach you to respect women. Hey, I respect that ass. Dear God, Travis, this is a podcast. People are listening to us from all over the globe. Imagine if someone in England heard you talk about grabbing that ass. What if a young? They you probably. Hot and bothered right now. Probably not. That pussy like a lake. Oh, Travis! Travis! Oh, my. I. You know what? This has gone on way too long. I'm going to have to have a conversation with Kevin over at Mom's Basement, Dad's Garage Theater, because I think I have to shut this down. You have gotten out of control. Come on, Mom. Let me finish the podcast. Are you going to shape up? Oh, I'm in great shape. No, Travis. Look at me. What? I'm starting to have a reaction. I'm starting to flare up. I'm so Your mad. eczema? <laughs> yes, Travis. You know when I get nervous, my eczema flares up, and I am nervous as heck right Keep now. Keep your titties in that turtleneck. All right, that's it. This podcast, we are... Uh-uh. 
I don't know if we can come back. If you don't shape up, I'm going to give you one question. You better redeem yourself. Otherwise, we are donezo and I'm taking away your scooter. Fine. I didn't need it anyway because I run fast. Well, remember that when you got to go to school on Monday. Dope. I'll take the bus. Nope. I won't let you. <laughs> You're a terrible parent. <laughs> All right, Trav, Trav. Oh, disc Jockey 12 says, I'm thinking of changing up my wardrobe. What are your thoughts? I don't know what his wardrobe is to begin with. Did he send in pictures? No. What the heck? How am I supposed to work with this? Are you wearing cargo shorts? Because keep them on. That, yeah, I do like a good cargo short. Yeah. Pockets for everything, Mom. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's versatile. I love going. That was one thing Carl did right, is whenever we went to the water park, he always wore cargo shorts. And then he could hold the wallet, the sunscreen. Oh, I miss Six our, Flags. Our passes. Yeah. Well, here's what I'll say. Can you see the outline of your dick? Because you're doing it right. And that's it. I'm. You know what? This podcast is done. Oh. We are done. I don't know if we can come back after this. I'm so sorry to all the millions of listeners. I've got a son who needs to be reprimanded for his foul mouth. Oh, whatever. We're going to go. We're going to go have a chat. Well, you know what that means. Yeah, we're going to chat. All right. I hope you got a little something out of our advice corner. Hopefully we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Well, guys, this is it. The first Dad's Garage cast is over. What a success. It's gone. All your comedy pals come and gone. Send in the clown. (laughs) Nice, Ed. It's like like a love note you wrote to someone that you had feelings about, but you didn't have the guts to tell them, and you tore it up, threw it into the spring breeze, and... Let it live its own life. It's like a seashell that you picked up out of the surf one day and took it home and it dried out and cracked and you just threw it out. So do like me and add this podcast to your regrets journal. (laughs) And your subscribe list. (laughs) Yeah, guys, hit us up on iTunes to uh, subscribe and uh, and rate and review for the Dad's Garage cast. And of course, if you'd like to know about anything going on at Dad's Garage, you can go to www.dadsgarage.com on your internet machine. And you know what? While you're doing any of that, hit up the whole family of Dad's Garage podcasts. Who's your daddy? And you're welcome, Hollywood. Those are the only two right now. Yep. Maybe one day there'll be more. With viewers like you. (laughs) But we'll crush the competition. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening to Dad's Garage cast. This is Ed. I'm Tom. This is Ruben. And we will see you later. Bye. Bye.